Trapped in Austin podcast. Hi, this is Anthony. Hey, Anthony, it's Chris. Hey, Chris, how are you? I'm good, man. Appreciate you doing the show, dude. This means a lot. Of course. I'm really excited. Awesome. Um, Dude, I, first off, I'll ask, how's the heat been treating you this summer? Because I know you do a lot of content outside. Has it been kind of brutal, like making videos, being outside? It's been absolutely brutal. I bet, it's man. funny because last year was great. It seemed like it was around yeah. 80 to 90 most of the summer. But this year, you know, I have to shoot a lot of content outside, whether it's in front of the building where I'm explaining the type of bar I'm at, or I want to show, like, showcase the patio. So I'm forced to still have to go outside while a lot of other people can run into the air conditioning. So it's been definitely tough. Yeah, dude. Um, man, I have so much I want to ask you, but let's, I'll start here. Where, like, where are you from exactly? Are you from Austin? No, I'm actually originally from New Jersey. Okay. So when did you move here? Yeah, I moved here about three years ago. A lot of people are shocked by that because they either expect that I live here or they're surprised that, you know, I have such a large following for being outside the city. Uh, but for me, I think it's because I'm such an explorer and I'm new here that I'm always, you know, looking for new places and I'm willing to try places that, uh, a lot of people don't usually go to. Mm -hmm. I've learned that a lot of people that have been here for a long time, for the most part, end up being regulars at the bars that they love. So they just go to those same places. Right. Yeah. It kind of opens my eyes a little bit more, but yeah, I, uh, I, I was looking to move somewhere else than Jersey. It's, it's a. It's a little boring and the weather's horrible. <laughs> so after exploring a lot of cities, going on vacations, trying to see where my personality fit best, I landed on Austin, Texas, and I've been here for three years. Honestly, I plan to live here the rest of my life. Yeah. Dude, I'm impressed, actually. I, I wasn't sure if you were actually from Austin. I mean, most people aren't, but considering you do content that's very Austin-specific, um, I didn't know mm-hmm. maybe if you had like longer ties to the city. I, uh, but dude, I mean, considering you've only been here three years and you've covered as much ground as you have in that short amount of time, that's super, that's really impressive, man. Um, appreciate it. How, what kind of inspired all this? I mean, did you, were you doing content back home in Jersey at all? Or like what, talk to me kind of how you transitioned or got into the content game. Yeah, actually, uh, I, I wasn't really a big content person back in New Jersey. You know, I had my typical personal social media, but what really started it was during COVID, there was nothing to do and everything closed down. So me and my buddy, we actually started a whiskey page, but it was more for just fun. So with COVID being down and having nothing to do, we would go to the liquor store and we were watching YouTube videos on reviews. And then we would try those bottles and then we would try to review them ourselves or we would keep track of them on our Instagram that we started and we would post the bottles that we had. And that page kind of took off as well. And then liquor brands were like, can we send you a bottle? We love what you're doing. Would you mind reviewing our bottle? We're like, well, this is so cool. I can't believe somebody's sending us a free bottle of alcohol. And, you know, this was at the beginning of COVID. And then I ended up moving to Austin. Uh, and I've always been a big fan of going to New York City when I lived in New Jersey, going mm-hmm. to Philadelphia. We would look on Yelp or, or Google and type in, you know, where's the five best steakhouses? Where where's the five best speakeasies and me and my buddy we would go out there and just you know try to find all the coolest places talk to the bartenders hear their story so i think it was originally just a passion that we had on the side and when i came here i did the same thing i can't just drink drink wheat uh meat whiskey because it's 100 degrees so i had to 
have some cocktails from time to time. Yeah. So same same thing. I was like, let me just start recording the cocktails that I have. Once again, never did it to become an influencer, but the page really took off. It seems like there's a need for it. There's a lot of foodies and lifestyle influencers, yeah. or creators in Austin, but no person was really putting a main focus on cocktails. And I think that's kind of how I fell into it. Yeah. Wow. Um, that's, so when did you kind of notice, like, when did your page kind of start to gain, like, some serious traction? I've been following you for a while, man, but the last few years definitely feel kind of like a blur a little bit with the pandemic and everything. My timelines are a little skewed, but um, when did you kind of notice this start to kind of take off for you? Yeah, so right now, uh, my page is a year and a half old, I believe it is. Wow. Yeah, it's been crazy. But like I said, I had that whiskey page before. So I think that was kind of like me learning how to do Instagram and TikTok and and make videos. So that was like the practice run. And then this was me already understanding it. So maybe that's why it actually, you know, had such a fast growth rate. But also, you know, I just was posting cocktails. And then I decided it would be really fun to get the community involved and do a tournament and I think I started with, it was 16 bars. And I said, let's do the best bar in Austin, Texas. And how I did it was I posted to my story asking everybody to submit their favorite bars because I didn't want to influence it. I didn't want it to just be about me because I know that there's so many different people in Austin. Everybody has different opinions. Yeah. So I took those uh, submissions and the ones that got the most submissions we put into the bracket for 16 bars. I posted it and it just went crazy. Everybody was sharing it with their friends. They were like, we have to push our bar that's down the street. And this is the one I go to every weekend. And then the bars got involved and they were sharing it to their stories. So it was fun because it was like this community competition. Um, But then it was also giving value because people were able to look at the bracket and say, oh, I've never been there. And a lot of people love it. Now I can go there. So I think... When I first started, I was at two or three thousand followers, and after that first bracket, I shot up to eight, nine thousand followers that one time. And then I realized, okay, there's something here. Let's let's keep involving the community. Let's keep doing these tournaments. Dude, that's awesome, man. And how long ago was that? You said probably like when that uh, competition was. Yeah, that first one I think was probably like a year ago or a year okay. and a couple months ago. Right mm-hmm. on. Yeah. Um, Dude, it's wild, man, to have that kind of growth in such a short amount of time. Does it feel like, how do you, how do you manage it all, man? I think I always like when I talk to people that kind of just sort of blow up on social media like that, is it feel overwhelming at times? Like when you kind of sit back and really look at all this, does it feel kind of surreal or does it get a little overwhelming at times? Like how do you navigate all this? Well, yeah, there's two things. One, I was working full-time before and I, I just a couple months ago I was able to make this full-time which is great yes congratulations by the way because I was going to ask you about that so that's awesome man oh thank you so much yeah so I was in banking before it wasn't really a passion of mine so this is really cool because this is such a hobby that I love doing and more rewarding yeah, too so much more rewarding yeah. especially because now I have the ability to help you know whether it's a small bar that's struggling I just went somewhere I'm not going to name them but um, they're trying to stay open and I just, you know, for no charge, I just shot them for free. Cause that's what I was doing when I originally started. And then, you know, there's other bigger brands that want to promote their brand. So they'll reach out and then I can make money that way by helping them promote. 
so it's nice. I get to be in the community, but there's other ways to also generate money and make this a living. Um, but you're right. It, it does get crazy at times. Now that I'm full time, I thought it was going to become easier, but I realized it turned into more of like a 24 hour thing, whether it's people DMing me asking for recommendations. Yeah. Or the biggest struggle that probably I just deal with that a lot of people don't is not drinking too much, but I have to keep making content. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm glad you said that because I was, I was going to ask you, and obviously I'm, I'm being facetious when I ask this, but I was going to be like, are you an alcoholic? Because I do a lot of people ask you that. I think they would assume, right? Because based on your content, it's like it looks like if you didn't really have any context to it or didn't know you, people might go, is this is this guy like drunk all day long? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's actually a really interesting story for me because I think I grew up in a family that were big drinkers and I was around people that partied in my hometown and something about it like turned me off at a young age. Yeah. So I I really didn't start drinking until like 24 and before then, it would be your typical, you go to a birthday party and maybe you have like one cocktail or something like that. Right. But I would, most people, they drink a lot in college, then maybe they go down a little bit or depending where they live, they continue to drink. But for me, I barely drank. And then I think it was because I, I learned to have a good relationship with drinking that I was able to start exploring it more. And I fell in love with the craft of spirits and how they're made and then how bartenders create their cocktail menu and things like that. And that's where I'm at today. But I will say now this is a full-time job. I am a little concerned about (laughs) become a problem. So my goal long-term is to, you know, be efficient with my content I create, whether that's, you know, this weekend I'll shoot on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and Monday through Thursday I try to eat healthy, drink a lot of water, and and really just have that balance in my life. Yeah. So are you not doing then – um, cause it does seem like, I mean, you post daily typically, right? Or no, I try to post almost daily, maybe like five or six times a week if it's yeah. not daily. But, and then what I, but like yesterday, for example, was national rum day and I went to dirty Martins. That's a, the second oldest restaurant in Austin. They're almost a hundred years. They've been here. So I shot them at three o'clock. I had a, a, an appointment. And then I went to this new bar that just opened at five o'clock. I shot a reel there. And then at seven o'clock, I went to Whistler's for National Run Day and I shot a reel there. So that's three. And then I could save them for next week to post. Yes, that's dope, man. I think that's the way to do it, dude. That way, like, like you were saying, you know, what I was talking about, the context part of it is I think sometimes people like just kind of your average uh, like civilian that doesn't, you know, create content, they see content creators who are posting daily and in their mind they might think like oh that's what they're doing that day like right now you know like there's not they're not realizing that some people are actually backlogging stuff um you know because i've done that before even with podcasting um no that's interesting though and then that way it allows you to have a break right you were saying where you can kind of take a break and eat healthy and exactly balances it out it's funny that you say that about people thinking it's when you're posting it because I have like two funny examples. One, you could schedule posts on Instagram. I don't know if people know this, but you can actually, you know, put in all your yeah hashtags and everything, and then it posts later. So I would do that, 
and it would post like when I was at work before. And I remember my coworkers thinking I was just on my phone posting it, but really that wasn't the case. <laughs> yeah. And then the other thing is like friends will be like, do you want to come out tonight? We would love to hang out. I'm like, sorry guys, we're staying in. And then you post something I'm like, what are you doing at that bar? I'm like, no, that was from the other day. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's so true, man. I really think that's kind of, I think some people have kind of gotten more privy to that, that they know that people sometimes aren't always posting in real time. But it's funny how like five years ago, if you posted something, it was like, I think the idea was like, oh, that's what you're doing exactly in that moment. And then you get like text messages like, hey, we're, we're about to be there. And it's like, no, man, I was there two days ago. You know? Well, that's that's another thing you were asking before about does it become too much? And I, I'm I'm an extrovert, so I love doing this. But talking about people being there, I've noticed that, you know, my niche is bars and my following is people that go to the bars I go to. So it's become a thing where going there, I'll see five, six, seven people that either knew I was there or they're coming over and saying hi to me. Whereas, you know, other influencers, they might just be uh, online promoting fashion. They might have followers from all over the U.S. It's probably rare that they bump into people. But I have this thing where, like, the people that follow my page are because they live right near me, you know? Yeah. How, uh, how's that been, uh, for you? Like, I know you said you were an extrovert, so maybe it hasn't been, um, there hasn't been like very many obstacles in it, but you know, I'm a little bit more on the introverted side. So it would, I think it'd be harder for someone like me, but when you're, when you're out in, when you're out in public, what is that like? Do you get a lot of people that kind of come up to you and like want to talk to you? It's the increase has been crazy. Yeah. There's a couple, there was definitely a couple of times where I'm like, okay, I have to get used to this. Uh, I think I was in HGP one time and somebody asked for a picture, which was interesting. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But what's funny is, you know, once you drink a little bit and like I said, I'm an extrovert, I love it. I love going out and meeting people and everybody is so nice. That's what's funny about social media is online. You might get like two mean comments. Yeah. But 99% of people are nice and I haven't had a bad interaction now and everybody's like, thank you for what you do. Thank you for sacrificing your liver. It's so funny. (laughs) Dude, that is hilarious, man. That is, that is such a, a critical point though. I think like, I think when people are mean online, it, I think it's way more embellished than it really is. Cause you notice like most people don't talk like that out in public. It's so much easier to kind of throw shade on the internet because it's like you're not there in person and there's no, you know, real ramifications from that. But like most people are not going to come up to you and actually say something mean to your face. And I can't prove this, but I actually have a feeling that a couple of the people who have left mean comments have actually seen me out in public and came over and said nice things to me to my face. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure it's happened, dude. Yeah. So I think like deep down, everybody is nice or is good intention, but there is, you're right. There's something about social media where they just feel like they can just say things that there's going to be no ramifications. Yeah. Um, this influencer space, obviously. So I, uh, a couple of years ago, I, uh, interviewed uh, an acquaintance of yours. I had Rachel lately on who she's also a really, you know, um, well-known content creator locally. Do you, I've noticed that, um, there seems to be more people popping up in this space. Do you, are all you guys like real friendly behind the scenes? Do you guys help each other out? Do you make suggestions or does it feel more like competitive? I'm kind of curious about that. I'm actually pretty passionate about that. 
I have a ton of influencer friends that are so nice, uh, want to work together. It does feel like a community at times because you're kind of behind the scenes. So it kind of opens the door to be friends with them because we kind of get what it's like. But there is a small percentage that it is competitive. Yeah. I've noticed that like as my, as my page has grown, some of the larger pages stopped supporting. So in the beginning, they're like, well, what you're doing? But now that it's big and it's almost to where they're at, they think that some reason there's not enough to go around for us right. to promote local places. But I, I've always went back to like the podcast world. If you look at the podcast world, all of these friends will jump on each other's podcasts and all it does is support everybody and there's enough for everybody, you know? So I'm yeah. a belie- big believer in abundance, uh, but... Dude, yeah. that's awesome. It's the to same as, I guess, anything, as like becoming friends with people. There's going to be some that are, are odd and other people that are open and friendly. Yeah, dude. And I think that's so important, man. And I think young people, younger people, younger than us. Um, yeah, I think they need to know that where it's like you can't this feast or famine mentality. It doesn't have to be that binary. Like, I think it's just like you there's so much to go around, especially in a city like Austin, dude, where there's like two million people yes. in the Metroplex or something. I think it's like more the merrier. You know, like if, mm-hmm. if one does well, it's good for all of us. Like people, people have a genuine interest in this kind of content and it doesn't mean just because they follow your page, they can't follow mine also, or, you know, exactly. yeah, it's interesting, man. The one thing where I could see where it could get a little competitive and I'm curious about your thoughts like that, where it's like a brand new place is opening and y'all are trying to see who can get there first to make the video about it. Does that happen? <laughs> Actually, that's such a big thing. (laughs) And, you know, I was on vacation. I went to Bonnaroo this year and then Signbar opened. I don't know. Have you heard of Signbar? Uh, No, I have. Oh, actually, yes. That um, it has all the like the old vintage Austin signs on the property, right? Yeah, super cool. I love that idea. Definitely a bar I will continue to go to. But I was at Bonnaroo and I saw like 10 to 15 posts when I was away. So then my thoughts were, okay, there's now no rush for me to get over there. Mm-hmm. I'll like go to a couple other bars first and then get there. And then I came back and then I saw that this new bar called Seven Spirits in East Austin opened. It looked really cool online from what I could see. And then they announced that their opening was at four that day. I was like, oh, perfect. I was going out that night anyway. So I go there, hop out my car, start to walk up. And the owner didn't like recognize me. He's like, welcome. You're, you're my first customer today. I'm like, oh, perfect. Oh, wow. <laughs> because, that's cool. Yeah. Once you post it, you know, nobody's heard of it before. Everybody gets excited. People love trying new places. So that's, that's definitely a big thing of trying to jump on it as soon as possible. Yeah. Do, um, like when a place reaches out to you, how do you kind of going back to the conversation about, um, you know, managing all of this, do you, how do you kind of manage out your day? Like if you know, is that, does that get complicated? Like where you're like, Hey, I'm going to, you know, I have to go to this bar this day at this time. And then I have to go here later on. Do you, I'm assuming you plan all that out in advance, right? But does that get a little convoluted, like trying to figure out, you know, Hey, I'm going to go here because they have tequila and I'm going to drink this at this time. Like, I don't know how, um, strategic you get with it. Yeah. To be honest with you, I'm, I'm in the middle of still trying to figure that out. Yeah. It's very hard. I have a calendar on my kitchen table that I'm constantly just trying to fill in. A lot of times people reach out and I either forget, um, because they say, Hey, we'd love to have you in a couple of weeks, but we'd never set up a time. Um, and then sometimes I still want to just enjoy Austin. So yeah. I go out and I try to just say, oh, yeah, I've been wanting to stop at that place. So 
I'll swing by there and it's more natural. So it's, it's tough, but I'm trying my best to, to figure that out. Yeah. There's so many places opening all the time, dude. Does it get a little overwhelming? I mean, because I feel like every week there's like a new bar popping up. Obviously, it's probably in, in your best interest as a content creator. Like, hey, it's a new place for me to go to. But do you ever get kind of overwhelmed with the options sometimes? Because just more uh, from a spectator standpoint, because I don't I live more on the north side of town up by the domain. So I don't really go downtown a ton um, or the east side a lot. But I mean, just on social media, man, it's like there's always new places popping up. Um, I'm kind of curious your thoughts about that, dude. Does it feel like almost too much at times or is it more like, oh, this is great. Like more, we need more and more restaurants, more and more bars, but do you, does it feel overwhelming? I think it's great. I, I love it because it's just more content for me. That's yeah. why I don't think I'll ever run out of content. And then the other thing is, you know, if I post about one bar, a year goes by, they don't remember that post. So you can post about it again. Yes. Um, you know, the only worry I have for it is I don't want all these bars to come in and some of those small mom and pops to get, you know, pushed out. But there's also another part of it where if you're making a quality product, people will continue to come to you. So I don't know. It's it's definitely an interesting subject. I love it, though. Like I said, now that this is my full time job, that's what I'm doing. So either I'm making content, checking my schedule, replying to emails, or then I'm going to start researching uh, to the, all the new places that are coming or the ones that have just recently opened it and when I can get over there. Yeah. What are your thoughts on like, cause everything is so expensive right now. And obviously like you go to certain restaurants, it's like the cocktails are, you know, 22 bucks or something and they're gone in like three sips. What, what are your thoughts on the prices of stuff? I mean, obviously I know, <laughs> you know, I know you don't want to say anything disparaging at all, obviously, but like, I, I know a lot of people, you know, I think their grievance is, especially if they don't go out a lot, is probably like, oh, man, I'm not going to spend $20 on a drink or I'm not going to. It's so it's such a fair point. And one of the benefits to living in Austin at one point was the drink prices and how you could go out and get a beer for two bucks or a shop yeah. for a couple bucks. But the truth is that has changed. This is becoming a big city and yeah. a lot of places are you know, a 15 to $20 cocktail. So it's tough. I think you can still find some gems out there. Um, but to be honest, I do believe that's almost every city now that's becoming like that. Yeah. So that's what we goes back to what we said about all these new bars opening. It's, it's not going to be as simple as, Oh, that's a great location. Let's open it there. It's going to be, you know, are they active on social media? Are they putting out a quality cocktail, not just a cool, flashy one that tastes like water? <laughs> so, yeah. Supply <clears throat> um, demand, yeah, it's things that the prices are high, but they are high because you know most people are wanting to go out and pay for that's them. That's true. That's that's the that's the kicker right there. Is I think we're in this interesting space right now where I think a lot of these restaurant entrepreneurs and restaurant owners and bars too. They've, they're kind of able to sort of like push it to the limit to test the waters to see what is the consumer actually willing to pay. So at, at kind of ironically, the responsibility is really on the consumer, right? Like if the consumer is going to pay $40 for a margarita and they're okay with that, I almost don't fault the owners for charging that then. Yeah, exactly. You know, they're in the business of making money. It really kind of falls on the consumer's shoulders at that point, I think. I definitely agree. So, I mean, and, and you, there has been times where – 
places close down all the time as well. So even though places are opening, you see all these places closing down. And just because it's recent, I'll give them a shout out. But Dirty Martin's been here for almost 100 years. They're near UT. I went there and they actually had a six-hour margarita. So if you want to support local, that's a good place to go. Yeah. What a, um, I know people probably ask you this all the time, man, but do you have, and you don't have to give me favorites, but like, what are like a few that you really appreciate that you like since you've moved here? Like, do you have kind of like a regular spot you like to go to, um, food for food or cocktails? Like what are, what are some of your favorites or just places you like to go regularly? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I'm a big nickel city fan. When I first moved here, I lived right down the street from them. So it felt like this local bar that you walked in and you saw people that you knew and the bartenders remembered you and they're friendly they had a really good food truck outside with bar food wings burgers french fries and also they take the craft of making cocktails very seriously so it's like you're getting a divey feel it's not a dive bar at all but you're getting that feel of that local dive but they're also willing to uh, take chances with the cocktails they make. They're not just going to pour you like a Diet Coke and a whiskey or something. Yeah. So Nickel City, they're always going to get my support and love forever. That, to me, is going to be one of my regular spots that I always go to. If you're really looking for a top-notch cocktail, here nor there, Speakeasy is my favorite speakeasy in Austin, Texas. Let me write that down. Uh, These guys (laughs) from Ireland, it's, it's amazing. And... They're the type that you talk to them and you're unsure about the menu. They'll explain it to you. You tell them your likes, your dislikes. They can create a new cocktail for you. They're just one of the most knowledgeable places to go when it comes to ordering cocktails. So that that's a, that's a big one for me. You said and it's then, called here, here or there? Here nor there. Nor there. Okay, cool. Right, so that's there. like my speakeasy. If somebody says I want the be- like the best cocktail, I, that's all I care about. That's where I would go. If I want the local spot, I'd probably go to like Nickel City. And then after that, when I think about representing Austin, even though it's newer, it's not as like, you know, um, as aged as some of these other bars. I just love Armadillo Den. It's in South Austin. Yeah. They have about five, six food trucks, this huge stage with live bands playing all the time, a dog park out in the back, this huge outside area with picnic tables. And they're just slinging random drinks to everybody. It's just such a fun time. That's awesome, man. I'm definitely more of a tequila guy. Who has, in your opinion, where's like the best margarita in town? Ooh, honestly. Or you can give me just like a few that you really like. Yeah, yeah. So the two that always come to mind for me, but and there's so many. I did the best margarita list, and that was 32 places, and I still couldn't fit them all, but I could only do 32 spots. But when I think about my personal favorites, just because I do live in East Austin, I love La Holly. It's this small little shack of a place with a few patio tables out back. And they make just such a quality margarita where you can still taste the the, the spirit in there. Yeah. It's not overpowered. They're, yeah. they're the same folks that do Taco Flats, to my understanding. Is that true? I believe so. Yeah. yeah. And I've, I've been to Taco Flats quite a few times up on Burnett because it's a little bit more north of campus. But, oh, I love their margaritas, man. Great margarita. <laughs> so good. Yeah. So there and then the other place that sometimes I think doesn't get as much recognition is Las Perlas. I mean, there is a lot of locals that know that place. Uh, but they're next to Seven Grand, which is a whiskey bar, and they have hundreds of whiskeys on the wall. And then Las Perlas, same thing. They have hundreds of tequilas on the wall. You can get flights of tequila 
And then the bartenders there just know what they're doing. But it's really cool because they're connected. So you can actually hop to the other bar, like right on the outside patio. Dope, man. Um, what about food-wise? What's your favorite food? Oh, man. I will say my favorite food was pizza, but this city isn't the best for pizza. <laughs> That's so true, <laughs> dude. That is very true. And, yeah, after pizza, though, I think they make everything else great here. Uh, I love burgers and wings and steak. Yeah. So there's a lot of good places. Fine dining, my go-to is Red Ash. Uh, make sure you set a reservation a month or so in advance, but it is worth it for a few hundred bucks. Uh, that's an Italian restaurant, but I got their bone-in ribeye, and it was incredible. I've heard and great. I've heard great things about that place. I've never been, but I heard it's amazing. Same thing. I just kept hearing all these people raving about it, and I eventually just set that reservation, and I'm dying to go back. Yeah. So definitely worth it. And then when it comes to local stuff, oh, it's tough. Uh, but I would probably go with CM Smokehouse. It's a food truck at Bolden Acres. Have you ever been? No, dude. I've heard of Bolden Acres, but I haven't been. I haven't heard of the CM Smokehouse. CM Smokehouse, it's a little pricey. Some people complain about that. But to be fair, they are putting smoked brisket in their food. And their burger is almost a 10 out of 10. They make smoked wings that are incredible. And best of all, they have a smoked brisket Contrast supreme that they make that's incredible oh man that sounds so good <laughs> it's incredible no man your pizza statement is valid though like coming from the east coast my uh my mom's from new york so it's uh yeah you just can't top east coast pizza man so yeah interesting enough um you, do you know the one slice barstool sports guy yeah are you talking about dave portnoy or no yeah yeah where he'll like review all the pizza yeah. in the u.s yeah so i lived walkable to one of his like 9.3 ratings. It was like the top five pizza place that he's ever reviewed. Oh yeah. So yeah, it's hard to come back from that. <laughs> Once you've gotten experience that coming to <laughs> That's Austin. It, though. You know, I, I, the pizza, it just doesn't compare. But after that, I'm happy like being here. And it's like, oh, what do I want? Uh, high cost of living, bad weather, good pizza. But then, you know, it's like here, I get everything else tastes good. The sun is always out, even though it gets crazy hot. And for the same cost of living, I get to live in this amazing city. Yeah, no, no doubt, man. A um, couple last quick questions for you, dude. I always ask people this, like, um, what were like, did you, do you have like, a, what kind of music are you into? Do you have a favorite band or did you have a favorite artist growing up? And then also like, uh, do you have a favorite movie? And if you don't have a favorite movie, give me like two or three that you really like. Sure. Yeah. So music is interesting. Um, a lot of people say this, but I really am a, a diverse person with music. Like Same. I'll listen to legit rap music. I'll listen to dance and EDM. That's probably my current biggest passion. But I also love rock and roll. I've been to concerts for everything. So um, I'm truly blended. And um, I think that's also why I really wanted to live in Austin long term, because there's so many concerts to go to. And that is probably one of my biggest hobbies. It's like, always keeping an eye on which bands are coming to town totally. or which DJs are coming. So are you going to go see me, Drake when he comes? What's that? Do you have tickets to Drake in September? Uh, so I was looking and it was like $400 I know, a ticket, man. but I, yeah, I am, I think I might bite the bullet because I'm worried it's going to get to the point where it's not worth it. He gets older and it's yeah. not going to be the same seeing him. So I might just finally do it because 
I would say he's probably my favorite rapper. Yeah, he's up there for me too. And I wasn't going to buy tickets, but then I was like, you know what? Fuck it. How often is he really going <laughs> to, he may never, you know, it could be like years before he comes back to Austin again. And I was exactly. like, it's at the Moody. Uh, so yeah, I just went ahead and bought the bullet, man. But that was definitely the most money I've ever spent on a concert ticket in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty wild. Yeah, man. Um, what about movies though? Did you have some that you really liked growing up? I'm a huge movie fan. So I always ask people this. So actually it is funny that you bring that up because before all of this, I did have a movie Instagram page way back in the day. That's dope, man. <laughs> yeah, it was like my big passion when we were saying that I didn't really start drinking till like 24. I would say that was probably my hobby. I would go almost every Thursday when the movie was first released. And, you know, I'm still passionate about it today, but I'm not as on top of it. I still just like throw it on whenever I'm free. Yeah. But movie wise, if you start a conversation with me at a bar, we'll talk for hours because I, I love it. And I like diving deep into all the best ones that have been released. Hell yeah. But for me, my favorite director is Christopher Nolan. So you tell me a couple movies, the first ones that always come to mind are The Dark Knight, mm -hmm. Interstellar, and Inception. Those are like in my top five easily. All time? Yeah. 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 It's not a, not a bad list, dude. Interstellar is a great film, man. I think that is a very underappreciated film. And I remember the first time I watched it, I'd like to actually go back and watch it again. But I was like so blown away when I watched that movie. So I'll tell you, I, I find Interstellar very fascinating because – when it did come out, it came out after Inception. It came out after The Dark Knight. So everybody was saying, oh, it's, you know, it's not as good as his other movies. It's okay. I even went to see it, and I was like, okay, it wasn't what I expected, but still a great movie. Mm -hmm. And then rewatched it again, and I was more impressed with it. Rewatched it again. It was even more impressed yeah. with it. And I think I rewatched it a fourth time, and now I'm like, this is a masterpiece. This is one of the best movies ever made. Yeah. And I've noticed that even on social media people talk about it as if it was one of the best. So it was that one that just slowly over time became like this magical thing that we didn't realize that we had and appreciated. Totally, man. He did, um, he did Batman Begins also, right? The first yeah, one with what, uh, Christian Bale. Yeah. And that's, that's what's so amazing about. Uh, I love that. That's one of my favorite Batman movies is Batman Begins. I know it's a lot of people don't talk about, I think that one gets kind of overshadowed a little bit. But um, I think that's a great movie, dude. So great. Yeah, the, the origin story of a superhero done right. Yeah, absolutely. Dude, well, this is an awesome interview, Anthony. I appreciate you doing the show, man. And uh, I love your page. You know, keep, keep doing it. And uh, I wish you all the best with everything. Oh, thank you so much. And, and you as well. This is a really awesome podcast. Awesome, man. I appreciate it, dude. We'll, uh, we'll chat soon. Great. I'll talk right. to you later. All right. Talk, take care. Trapped in Austin Podcast.